All right, welcome to the latest edition to hear that podcast, Growlin, Paul Inner Jr. and Jay Morrison of The Athletic, um, coming to you on an incredibly difficult day um, here on Tuesday after the Monday Night Football game from last night uh, was suspended. And uh, we, I honestly, Jay, like, I wasn't sure if we should even do this. Yeah. Um, but I do want to kind of be able to make sure we're offering the news of the situation to people that follow along, to people that come to us to follow the Bengals, the league, the NFL, and relay a little bit of um, what we saw in the building last night and and uh, and everything that happened with DeMar Hamlin. Um Let's just start. When we start here, Jay, I just want to uh, open with with how Demar's doing, uh, which is un you know the most important part of this. And um, he is uh, still in the ICU. This is uh, sent out from the league, from the Bills, uh, and from from his representation. Still in ICU and in critical condition after suffering cardiac arrest on the field at Paycor Stadium last night. Um, they're kind of going, you know, they, they say hour to hour, day to day, hoping that he will, um, how, seeing, hoping he will recover well. And obviously to start, all our thoughts and prayers are with him, with his family after this just horrific, terrifying night at the stadium last night. Yeah. I mean, you never want to hear critical condition. That's it. It's, it's very concerning, but the, the fact that he's still fighting for life. I mean, it did not look good last night. And anytime you see what was going on on the field, your, your mind goes to the worst. And I just, you're right about how difficult this day is, but if, if you want to look for, you know, that sliver of optimism, I mean, just an incredible job by the first responders, by the Bengals medical staff, by the bills, medical staff, the urgency. I mean, that's what was really alarming before we even knew who the player was, we couldn't see the number and you could see the urgency among the staffs there. And I, I remember seven, eight years ago, Gary Kubiak, Kubiak went down on the sideline. I remember mm-hmm. people talking about outside of a hospital, if, if you're going to have a medical issue, there's no better place to do it than on an NFL field. Those people are so trained. They go over these procedures before every game, before every season. And I just, I do think that there's, everybody's hoping for the best for DeMar. Um, but we wouldn't even be in this position to have hope if it wasn't for the incredible actions of the first responders that night, last night. Really was uh, major kudos to them. I, I can't imagine that situation, that pressure, that the poise it takes to mm-hmm. do your job in that place, in that moment, um, when you're seeing what you're seeing, something that we've never seen before, no. um, an incredible performance by them. And then everybody, obviously, over at, at, the, at UC, um, at UC Health and UC, UC Hospital, um, who's taking care uh, of, of DeMar now. He's in great hands. Um, mm-hmm. We've seen, it's incredible what we've seen on this field. You know, we just saw Tua earlier this year. We've seen Ryan Chazier, um, 
you know, we, we've seen, and they, they go to UC and, and Ryan Shazier, ever, you know, I've heard he, him talk multiple times about you're in great hands at UC and, and the work that they do there and, and, and how good it is. And so hopefully this can be the latest case in one day. DeMar can be saying the same thing about the staff there. Um, Mike Brown issued a statement this afternoon. Um, I'll read the statement to you first and foremost. The Bengals continue to send thoughts and prayers to DeMar Hamlin and his family. Our hearts are with everyone in this unprecedented time. What we can do is support one another. Last night was supposed to be a great night for the NFL and a great showcase for our hometown. Instead, the human side of our sport became paramount. And in that moment, humanity and love rose to the forefront. As medical personnel undertook extraordinary measures, both teams demonstrated respect and compassion while fans in the stadium and people around the country bolstered the support for DeMar and love for each other. The Bengals are thankful for the love and compassion shown by all praying for DeMar. Uh, that was from Bengals owner Mike Brown um, and Jay. And then Roger Goodell sent a memo out to teams uh, here on Tuesday afternoon as well. Yeah, no, I'm not going to read the first paragraph because he just kind of updates where or DeMar is, but then it says, after speaking with both teams and NFLPA leadership, I decided to postpone last night's game and have our focus remain on DeMar and his family. We are in regular contact with both clubs and with both and with the medical team caring for DeMar and we'll share additional information as we receive it. Earlier today, the head of player engagement and team clinician for each club received information from Dr. Niaka Nilampati about medical or about mental health and support resources that are available to your players and staff. Additional resources, including on-site services, can be available for any club that wishes this assistance. If your club would like to make use of these additional resources, please have your player engagement team or team clinician contact Dr. Nilampati. A short time ago, and after discussions with the two teams and the NFLPA, we advised Buffalo and Cincinnati that last night's game will not be resumed this week. No decision has been made regarding the possible resumption of the game at a later date, and we have not announced any changes to this weekend's schedule. We will promptly advise all clubs of any decisions that are made regarding these matters. If you have any questions in the meantime, please call me or any of our senior staff. So that's the, you know, the the next, you know, the, the, the season aspect of this, um, which is, you know, trivial in this moment as, mm. you know, we, we pray for DeMar. Um, but it is a matter of what happens next. And, you know, the game not resuming this week. Um, and then for now, the Bengals set to play the Ravens on Sunday. Um, but the Bengals made sure this was clear and tweet that they sent out no decision has been made to reschedule the Bills game as well as any decision regarding this week's schedule. You know, the league is taking this bit by bit right now. Mm-hmm. You know, they're 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 putting Demar at the front and saying, "Look, here's what we know: teams that are getting they're doing prep, they're practicing. We're planning on playing this weekend. That's the plan for now." Doesn't mean that will be the way it ends up, but as of today, at this moment, at taking everything step by step, that's currently the plan, and um, and we'll, we'll we'll have to just see how that ends up playing out. Um, so Bengals maybe play Baltimore on Sunday, but either way, 
you know, will they resume this game? I don't, you know, there's only really a, one other option, right, Jay? I mean, the only other option here is since they're clearly and they're not doing it this week would be you would have to push the entire playoffs back one week uh, to clear essentially a week 19 where the Bengals and Bills would be a solo act playing, re-resuming this game. Um, and then the playoffs starting a week later and then you eliminate that buffer week that exists between the conference championships and the Super Bowl. That's really the only way you could even do it if that could even happen. You're, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know how anybody is considering playing this weekend. Certainly mm-hmm. not the Buffalo Bills. I mean, you know, they, they talked about mental health there. I'm so glad that that was brought up in Goodell's memo and that's such a big part of it. You just feel for these players, man. Like, I, I just don't know how you don't just view everything so differently. I know that they're superheroes in so many ways and they are like, you know, guys that have just, they don't necessarily even believe that anything like that could happen to them and they just play through pain and they're warriors, you know? But I don't know how you don't view everything differently after this. And I don't know how you just lay some back up Mm-mm. in this spot. I mean, we talk about that a lot where you see a guy, like Tua, for instance, on this same field again, you see a guy go down, it looks serious. Everybody takes a knee, they pray. And it's like, how do you, how do you go back and play after that? And they do, they find a way. This was different. I mean, how distraught the players, those Bills players, even a lot of the Bengals players. I mean, Tredavious White was sobbing. One of the Bills linemen was holding him. It was, it's just the, 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 I don't want to get into what took so long, but you just knew there was no way. That announcement seemed inevitable. That game was going to be suspended, postponed, whatever you want to say. That, that, it was just, it was so different and not just, as you say, not just could they resume that night, obviously no. How do they resume six days later? Yeah. I mean, it's, it, 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 you know, being on the road, being a, all those guys being away from their own family and taking that, they didn't leave the stadium until after midnight. Um, it, to, to, you know, they just wanted to get home and, and hug their own kids and see their own family and not even, think about football today tomorrow who knows how long it's going to take um it's just i don't know how they do it i i I know they're paid to do it i know they're paid to rally and and be warriors and entertain us but at the end of the day they're human um like everybody else and it's that that is a I, i think that's why you see that statement from the league not laying anything out saying be ready to play but they're not saying they are playing because they're they're gonna have to go through that they're going to have to see how many people ask for mental health and, and how big of an impact this is truly having on the bills the Bengals, and every other team that was watching that game monday night eventually the same conversations that were had between zach taylor and sean mcdermott last night on the field in mm-hmm. real time looking around and saying we can't do this we're, we're not going to do this and you know, we've heard a lot of um, praise from around the league. I was watching Mike Vrabel at his press conference opened saying, 
he was proud to see the leadership of Zach Taylor and Sean McDermott. Aaron Rodgers mm -hmm. mentioned that same thing too of of just you know taking control of the situation because you know the league we were on a conference call with them last night and the league said so, you know they they're obviously it's Ro Roger Goodell is making that inevitable decision but the conversations that are being had are keeping them in direct communication with the coaches on the field and the coaches on the field are setting the tone are are, are the ones making the stance and you could see Zach Taylor and Sean McDermott no we're not mm -hmm. we're we're not we're not playing anymore after this, after having to watch that happen. Um, I want to point this out. Um, Damar Hamlin's GoFundMe that he created, that's part of his foundation he created a couple of years ago, I th you know, has exploded. It's over $4 million now. It's incredible. It's an incredible cause. I highly recommend you, if you listened to the other day, we did our show at 50 West with Tyler Dunn. He wrote a incredible piece a feature a profile on damar hamlin uh about a year and a half ago uh that is up that you can go read on go long and how close he is with this family and how much he cares about giving back he's just one of the good ones man like you it, you, you just sense that and you just it's, so to see these people giving to his foundation in his name very cool crowd you know crowds of people showing up at the hospital last night um with a kind of a impromptu candlelight vigil there, you know, Crossroads held a thing uh, today uh, that I think Evan McPherson uh, dropped in on with like a Zoom. Uh, but, you know, there's just, you're seeing this rallying in communities, in the NFL community, in across the brotherhood of the league, uh, these cities that just, you know, have really supported each other. And there's just, you know, statements from, DeMar's family thanking Coach Taylor, the Bengals, the city of Cincinnati, the Bills, Sean McDermott, like making sure to specifically mention the people that have been here to take care of them uh, and how much that has all meant to them. And, and because it's just been, it's been, it's been, um, it's been unlike anything any of us have ever seen. Yeah. And kudos to the fans too. I think that gets lost a little bit that there, there was never when the game was announced, postponed, there was no groan there. I think everybody understood. And I just, I would like to think that, that, that camaraderie and that support citywide, if this was a Bengals Steelers game, if this was a Bengals Browns game, it would have been the same. Absolutely. But I, I just find it interesting that you know, we, we joked about this a few this this love affair between Buffalo and Cincinnati ever yeah. since the Dalton to Boyd and then the the Bills fans flood Andy Dalton's foundation. He turns around and donates a, a ton of money to the the children's cancer center in Buffalo. Andy Dalton, by the way, one of the big names that's already donated to DeMar's uh GoFundMe. Um it just and and Tim Graham and Matthew Fairburn wrote about it too, where this was a two great teams back in the eighties and it just never developed into that big rivalry. And it's just the, the cities are so similar. And I just, I, I, I think that seeing Bengals fans and bills fans together in the stands and at the hospital and in support on Twitter online, I just, I, I think it's a really cool thing that, that people are putting what they should put first uh, at the forefront. Yeah. Um, I want to briefly, before we wrap this up, um, you know, Jay and I were there last night 
And I just, we want to try to offer a little bit of sights and sounds of, of kind of what we witnessed and, and just sort of what that was like. Um, because here's the thing I, I went back, I'm not going to lie. I had a really hard time this morning watching back the TV copy because I wanted, I wanted to see, I didn't know we were there focusing on what's happening on the field. I wanted to see what people knew and what people didn't know about what happened at the stadium, uh, that were just home on TV. And it was really, it was harder probably to watch back than it was to live through because you now know how scary it was, you know, compared to what you don't know at the very beginning, what exactly is, you're just trying to figure out what's going on and what's happening. But I will never for the rest of my life forget because this was part of when it was all gone to commercial, the scattering of Bill's players to other corners of the field that after Mm -hmm. having to watch the CPR start and realize what was happening and then being just overtaken by the emotion of the moment, like you said, I mean, grown men in full shoulder pads crying on each other, just crouched in a corner and somebody else just staring up at the sky with their hands on their heads, everybody super emotional. I mean, I will never forget that. It was it was just so different than anything else. And you just you just felt how much how scary it was, how much these guys mean to each other, how scary it is just to see this happen on a football field. Um it was remarkable. Yeah, that's that's what struck me too. And it's because when something like this happens, like I said, we didn't know who it was at first. So immediately the first thing is you grab the binoculars and and I'm I'm focused in there and I'm I'm seeing they're doing what looks like chest compressions and you're just riveted to what they're doing and I don't know what it was that caused it but I I took the binoculars down and then you see the wide view and I saw exactly what you saw you see these these guys that that couldn't be close they couldn't watch anymore they were so distraught and then they rallied in in of in support of their teammate and and formed this human wall I yeah. and, and Kudos ESPN for not being exploitive and and they they pulled back and did what responsible media should do. But it was it was it was moving to see the Bills and the Bengals kind of form this human wall on either side of him to try to block out and give Damar some privacy in his worst moment and not have everybody gawking and and trying to figure out, I mean, you, you could see the IV being held up. Like I said, you could see the compressions, you knew it was bad and it was it, to, to see them react that way and scatter and then come back together was, was really moving. So after that happened, you know, we're down, I'm down in the tunnel and they're, you know, they're kind of not, it's, it's so, it's kind of wild, wild west at first. Like no one really knows what's going on. And so we're kind of in different places. But eventually, you know, when the teams come in, you see, you know, the Bengals, and captains, Joe Burrow, DJ Reader, Ted Karras, uh, Mike Thomas, their captains walking down to the Bills locker room and, and you know, checking on them, seeing how they're doing, talking to the Bills players giving us, I think the one thing that was shown on ESPN was, you know, Josh Allen and Joe Burrow, who Joe Burrow talked about how he's become good friends with Josh Allen through being out there in the summer at Jordan Palmer's camp together and really enjoy, you know, become friends. And you saw that, I mean, that hug between the two of them where Josh was just so distraught. Mm-hmm. Um, 
was powerful. More of that that in the tunnel, um, and then they event they came back a little bit later after sort of all that had cleared out, and then and then it was the most surreal scene. You just see the Bengals players then just in street clothes, quietly filing out, sort of periodically. Um, just a truly surreal scene, and then the Bills having to sit around and hang out in the buses, not you know, not knowing where are they going. Are they going to go? Are they? I guess they're going to the airport. They have, they're waiting. Stefan Diggs uh, and a couple other and players, I guess. We, we, I know, but we know Diggs because uh, Coley Harvey, ESPN, uh, our, our good friend, talks to him there at the hospital, trying to get in. Saying, "I have to get in and see my." teammate in there and i mean what compelling what what a i want to commend everybody at espn coley ben baby um everybody that was really you know a part of scott van pelt ryan clark like man they were incredible last night and you know a great job in, in whatever role that they were put into which was very hard and but you know coley with stefan diggs down there and eventually all the Bills, you know, there's thought that maybe some Bills could stay behind. Eventually all did fly back to Buffalo last night. Um, this There were just so many incredible scenes and, and just stuff you couldn't believe on a, on a crazy night. Yeah. They, I was kind of watching the the Buffalo bus just because we're, you know, when something like this happens, it's all about the timeline. When does this happen? When does this happen? I was curious to see when the bus was going to leave and roll out. And they had a, some bike racks up where it was a, a family and friends pin. And there were a few players in there with family and friends that had made the trip to the game. And they, someone came out and said, okay, time to go. And they broke it down and they were, they were wiping away tears and they were hugging their loved ones and they get back on the bus. And it was still another, almost an hour before that bus left. I mean, I can't imagine those guys with what they're going through and they're just sitting on a bus, not knowing what's going on with their friend, their brother, not knowing when they're ever going to leave. I mean, I assume they had to wait for their initial or for their, uh, the, the regular departure time. Uh, maybe the flight crew wasn't available yet, but to be sitting on a bus in that situation in a, in a stadium parking lot and, for well over an hour. I just, it, it was a, it, it's hard to put yourself in their shoes at all. And it, it's just, it seemed like everything that they went through was, was so trying. And again, kudos to the medical staff for getting DeMar to the hospital and, and giving him a chance. But man, you just feel for those players for everything they witnessed and everything they went through from the time the, the injury happened till the time they got back to Buffalo till what they're still feeling right now. You know, two Bengals in particular have very close ties to DeMar Hamlin. Um, Cal Adamitis mm-hmm. um, played with him in both high school and college. Yeah. Um, one of four players in the NFL that played high school uh, with DeMar, uh, Bengals long snapper. And then um, Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd, you know, he was notably, you could see him if you were watching. I mean, he was on a knee as close as any Bengal could be right there, you know, basically with the Bills. Um, a guy who he's been friends with at Pitt, 
Uh, he posted a picture to Instagram of the two of them that I think that actually DeMar had posted on his Instagram probably like a year and a half ago of them hanging out, how far back they go, you know, that sort of pit family that they have. And, you know, both native Pittsburghers. You heard Mike Tomlin in his press conference today talking about he's known DeMar since he was 12 years old and, and you know, how hard this is. And he got really emotional during his press conference. This just hits home to everybody across the league because it's your biggest fear as a player. You may never admit it. It may just be down deep, but it's, you know, it's, it's the one thing, you know, that is all you're always risking. You're always putting your body on the line out there. And, um, and it's just, it's a hard thing to take in. So, um, we wanted to try to keep this to kind of what we saw, what we knew, what the facts are for right now. And I think that's kind of you know where the situation stands. Please make sure you're on the athletic. I know our our news story is constantly being updated with all the latest, um, all the different angles of this, whether it be football side, but most importantly, uh, Demar Hamlin's side. And he's in good hands at UC Health, and lots of prayers continue to go up. Everybody keeps sending those. Um, to help him hopefully pull through this and, yeah, and um go ahead jay i, I was gonna say if you are sending prayers send some to t higgins as well yeah. because no one in their right mind would blame him for what happened but you know he's it, it's in his head that has i just can't imagine you know you being the one that made the contact that led to this and i, I think t is going to need a lot of support and any prayers anybody can offer him would be greatly appreciated as well Yes. Um, and the, again, this is this is a step-by-step. Step. Every decision, everything that's happening is about putting DeMar first and making just yeah. a, the little bit of decisions you have to one bit at a time to try to get through this, you know, the same way he is hour to hour, day to day. And I think that's where we're at with all of this. So um, uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, appreciate you guys hanging in there with us uh we you know there was no way we would be able to do anything last night um too hard Mm -hmm. and um you know we wanted to have a little bit more concrete information here before we talk to you guys um so thanks to everybody uh for hanging with us and for listening and uh, keep it locked to the athletic and we'll keep our updates flowing there of course us on twitter as well and uh, we'll have all the information we can give you as soon as we have it. Any updates that we get, um, we'll drop to you there. And kind of like everything else, we're day-to-day. We'll, we will talk to you again soon. I don't know when, uh, but uh, we'll, we'll be there. Uh, all right, thanks for listening. Have a good one, everybody.